Hi, and welcome to Journeys to Belonging podcast with host Dr. Eileen Winokur, featuring awesome educators and leaders who share their journeys, advice, and personal stories about feeling a sense of belonging. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. I have been following this week's guests for a while. She is the quintessential optimist, but not the toxic kind. With realism and practicality, she fills us up with hope and joy. Welcome to the podcast, Jillian Du Bois. I'm so excited that we finally have this chance to talk to each other. Welcome. Thank you so much, Eileen. I know it's a, we chatted a few minutes before, but it still is like, it's just so exciting. Like my heart is beating a million miles a minute and it's just, it is always so just amazing just to see facial expressions Mm -hmm. and to see, you know, just eye contact virtually, of course, but yes. um, so it's amazing to be here. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. And that's why I like to do this, even though I haven't really started using, may never use the video, but I really like just, it feels like having, you know, conversation over tea or coffee. So, well, I introduced you basically mostly name only. Please tell our listeners uh, more about you because there's so much to you. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, in a nutshell, let's see. I am live in Clearwater, Florida, and it is, um, yeah, it's in the morning here. So we're your afternoon. I'm morning and uh, the sun is coming up. Therefore it's in my eyes this morning. And um, <laughs> I am a, a wife, a mom, a teacher, a friend, a daughter, a sister, all those wonderful things. But um, my passion is with my students. Um, in the classroom, and I've been teaching for about 21 years now, uh, elementary, and they are just my little family. I call them my little family every year, and they love that, mm-hmm. and um, let's see, what else do I do? I work part-time for um, a wonderful ed tech company in Ohio that we actually create professional development micro-credentials for teachers and educators and leaders Um, all over the country. So it's a lot of fun. I also recently have dipped my toe into becoming a a children's book author and illustrator and publisher. Um, That's been quite the journey itself, but it continues to evolve and transform every single day. (laughs) That's about it. (laughs) Oh, only? Oh, come on. That's it? (laughs) Certainly you're doing more than that, Jillian. Oh Oh, my goodness. goodness. That's so wonderful. And so nice to see. And we'll talk during this podcast episode about your, your journey and how you, how you became an author, but more, more importantly, you know, the, the trajectory that you took, because I think it's important for others and something that I know that, that you feel strongly about also. So the first question I always ask my guests is if I say the word belonging or feeling a sense of belonging, what's the first thing that come to mind? Oh my goodness. Of course, for me, that would have to be joy. And it would just have to be that sense of acceptance um, that you have in your heart, because that is innate in all Mm -hmm. of us. We all want to be accepted and connected 
I know probably that word is, is used quite a bit when you ask that question. Um, but I see, I just see the joy in that. And I see mm-hmm. that that's, there is so much that stems from that and continues to spill over into so many different areas. Yeah, that's wonderful. You know, connection is mentioned, I don't know how often, but it's not normally connected with the feeling of joy. And um, in fact, I think you're the first person that's really made that that connection. And I think that's really important. It's it's the connection and the relationship that makes us feel good. And so, yeah, so I, I love that. Like I said, I always learn from my guests. So um, your website and publishing company are called Imparted Joy. And you mentioned joy as something that is connected with belonging. So first, why is joy such an important part of you? And how do you define it? How does it guide your work and your life? Um, And what did you mean by a part of joy? And I know that's a lot of questions, which I usually don't ask one right after the other. Usually I separate them, but they're so related. It was like, no, I'm going to ask them all at once and hopefully Jillian can sort it all out. I know it's morning, but I'm hoping you had your coffee already and you can manage this one. <laughs> I did. And, you know, as far as, you know, teachers were, were always like, okay, throw it at us because we'll take it, whatever's coming. So, <laughs> yeah, um, true. <laughs> Sorry like about that. that. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it because, you know, I honestly prove like I actually like it better when if I'm on a, a podcast or I'm talking with someone I don't know like ahead of time exactly what we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. because I think um, so much happens organically and it evolves and transforms from there and you know you never know where mm-hmm. it's going to lead you but sometimes when you have that lined up ahead of time mm-hmm. and you have the expectation of what you need to say and how you need to say it um, it always changes anyway. So, um, so anyway, yes, I, about three years ago, I think I joined into the realm of Twitter when I had, you know, I really had not been on social media a whole lot and it didn't Mm -hmm. really impress me that much. And all I saw was things that were negative and, um, you know, toxic. And I just thought, you know what, I've never been on Twitter. Let me just see what happens. And what I found there was an incredible community um, of belonging, (laughs) basically, and empowerment, because you really are, when you're in a space like that, you start to use the hashtags or you're, you're drawn to people that you know, Mm -hmm. you're going to make a connection with. And if you don't make a connection with them, or if it doesn't turn out to be what you expected it to be, then let it go. So the more I kind of jumped into understanding what Twitter chats were, because at that time I had no idea what, you know, Q1, Q2, Q3, A1, A2, who knows, you know, I'm like, I'm just going to like lurk around a bit and see what's going on. And I remember one of those, one of those um, actual um, chats was Teach Pause um, Mm -hmm. with Craig Shapiro. And I remember how everybody was just so welcoming And it was just a place where we all could gather and talk about the positivity in education. And from there, it just exploded. So when I thought about, you know, hey, I like this hashtag thing, I'm going to create my own. And I thought, well, and it really, it took me a while. I still have the notes in the notebook that I wrote that I went from um, instill joy, infuse joy, because all honestly, that's a big part of who I am as a person. 
um, and not mm-hmm. the, you know, super optimistic Pollyanna joy. Mm-hmm. It truly is, you know, something that is stemming from, you know, internally. It's a character yes. trait. It's a character quality that has to be a discipline and mm-hmm. it continues to to grow. It's not something that's ever going to go away mm-hmm. and it can go hand in hand with so many other things, with fear, with anxiety, with stress and shame and all of those things. Um, you know, they kind of like, it doesn't seem like joy goes with those things, but it does because you can, that's when you mm-hmm. dive down deep and you go, this is not just happiness. This is a internal satisfaction of peace mm-hmm. um, with hope. So when I started thinking, okay, imparted joy came to me because it's in part ed joy. So in education, it's kind of where it started. So right. an in part means to give freely. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's what I want to do. I just want to give it out freely. Um, so that was, gosh, that's how that name came about. And that's how everything just kind of yeah, got to where it is today. That's, that was really in a nutshell, all the answers to all my questions. That was wonderful. And you didn't have to do it sort of one by one by one. Yes. Um, I love the all encompassing part of it. And I loved, I was wondering, I sort of guessed at the imparted joy and, uh, and I understand it really well, especially because I followed you long enough to know what you do and and how you impart that joy and you're right um that that's why i started off introducing you with it's it's not a toxic kind of i'm going to always be happy it's this realistic practical but something definitely that comes from within so um you offer services on your website i i did a little checking uh, for other budding authors who might need a boost to get started um Besides telling us what you do to sort of support them on their journey, because I think this is something fairly new that you've started doing, I'd also like to hear about your own author's journey, which you mentioned when you introduced yourself, because I think it's really interesting. I, I'll give a hint to my listeners. I, I read your uh, one of your latest blog posts about wearing your, those Uggs, so I want to hear more about how it all started. Well, that definitely has to do with the first book that I wrote, Live Seashells and My Sister. And, you know, when COVID hit and we were all home teaching remotely and, you know, couldn't go anywhere, you Mm. couldn't go to the store, you couldn't, you know, do a whole lot, you're stuck. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, all right, well, how am I going to turn this into something that's going to, you know, benefit my mind, benefit my soul? And, you know, set me on the right path. So I'm not just sitting here binging Netflix all day. <laughs> so um, I thought, gotcha. you know, I just, <laughs> I don't know, just start <laughs> writing. And I remember just pulling up um, my Google Drive and just started a Word document. And I started just writing a story. And um, when my sister had passed in, um, it's been over 10 years now. Her daughter was seven and her son was nine. And I remember thinking, you know, she has such a legacy that they never got to see. They, Mm -hmm. um, she had such, um, gosh, such a heart for other people and not just, you know, she never wanted to be the popular, you know, fun, you know, cheerleader type person. She Mm -hmm. was always kind of in the background and behind the scenes, 
pulling everybody up and becoming friends with the friends, you know, people that needed the friends the most. And wow. I always say it's kind of like attending to the broken and uh, wow. trying to fix them. So, you know, when I thought about that, I thought, you know, my, my niece and my nephew never really got to understand that about her. They, mm-hmm. they saw her as a mom, but that was about it. And I just wanted to share with them um, who she was because I was with her for 40 years. So I got to see, you know, everything that was so wonderful about her that mm-hmm. they may not have been able to understand at that time. So I wrote the story called Live Seashells. My sister's name was Lisa. And Lisa's seashells was a bit of a tongue twister. So I thought, all right, how can I change that? (laughs) And I changed it to live because I thought, all right, well, the spirit of Lisa is live. So, and live is living through Lisa. So, um, and Liv's story is about a little girl who loves to go to the beach and she loves to find seashells and she doesn't find the ones that are beautiful and shiny and colorful. She finds the ones that are broken and cracked and chipped and stepped on and people leave by the wayside because you know it's funny living here at the beach we see that all the time we see Mm -hmm. tourists that come in and they want to pick up all the pretty ones and collect Mm -hmm. them all in their bags and you know all the other ones get overlooked so I thought well it's kind of a good parallel to what you know Lisa's life was like Mm -hmm. so picks up all the broken pieces and she she collects them and she gives them affirmation and compassion and just says don't let anyone take away your chance to sparkle and shine. You are an amazing masterpiece, no matter what. So, and it's just, you know, just kind of took off from there. That was just a little small um, message of social, emotional hope. And so that was part of the journey that just started. And I just thought, you know, from there, it just, I remember asking um, my aunt who had taught me art and she said, um, she goes, have you ever thought about doing things digitally? I'm like, no, I said, I'll, I'll play around with it. Mm -hmm. So I started drawing on my iPad and used an app called procreate. And I started drawing some pictures and we kind of went back and forth. She's an amazing, she was an amazing artist. And I said to her, I remember going, Casey, I don't think I can do this. I said, why don't you do it for me? I said, I'll pay you to be the illustrator. I'll be the author. We'll put it all together and send it out there. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do it. You can do it. Um, so that was kind of her and, you know, Eileen, she passed away from COVID almost a year ago and I thought that was, thanks, but I thought that's what she wanted to leave me with. She wanted to leave me with that empowerment that Jillian, you can do this. You keep Mm -hmm. going because if I had done it for you in the first place, you may never have gotten to where you are today. Yeah. So, you know, every little step is just amazing. And when I share these stories, um, it's funny because I just recently have started comparing myself. (laughs) We fall into that comparison trap Mm. where um, I was talking to somebody who was hiring an illustrator. I'm like, oh, I like, where did you find an illustrator? And they're like, you know, on this certain website. And I, I peeked at that website and I'm like, oh my gosh, these people are amazing look at what they're doing and they're living in other parts of the world and they're able to connect and they do so much better work than I do. I said, I don't, yeah, why, why would people even want to connect with me? And I reached out to a friend, a dear friend who we all know. And I said, I said, Livia, I said, this is how I was feeling today. Can you just you know, listen to me for just a second. And she comes Mm -hmm. back with just the most beautiful words. And that's how we, you know, those soul sisters that we have out there, Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
they do. It's like we are just purely connected and will be forever. But she said, Jillian, she goes, you know, people aren't going to look to, you know, do something with you and be connected with you and have you illustrate or help them author or publish because you're the best. They want to connect with you because you care and you have passion mm-hmm. about what you're doing. And I thought that was the best pep talk anybody could have given me. (laughs) Yes, you give them that sense of belonging. Yes, yes. Get out of your head. No, Mm -hmm. you're never going to be the best. I'm I'm going to call myself a recovering overthinker because, (laughs) you know, I always, I get into that trap like we always Mm -hmm. do. And then I go, okay, get out the joy. Okay, dig Mm -hmm. down deep. It's there. Let's cultivate a little bit of joy today. And say, you know what, that is so true. So what I'm trying to do and the things that I offer really are just to help other people share their story. Um, I call it spark your story. And I just want to talk to people. I just want to say, hey, here's how I did it. There are a million different ways to publish. Mm -hmm. There's a million different ways to find an illustrator. There's a million different ways to set up how you're going to write and organize Mm -hmm. your thoughts. But here's how I did it. And if it works for you, great. I'll help walk you through it. I'll, you know, I, my goal really is not to be a big, huge publisher and make a lot of money. My goal is to help people, you know, find their own journey and find their own passion and message. We all have those messages inside Mm -hmm. of us that need to be shared. You know, whether one person reads it or 500 people read it, it's still important. Yeah, it's. That's wonderful. And the fact that it, what you're doing really is mentoring and coaching people yeah. through, through their sort of the same type of journey that you had and the self-doubt that they may be experiencing, which you've had, but to be able to impart that joy uh, within them for something that they feel passionate or have sort of that flame that they want to to spark. And I love that you call it spark. That's, that's really cool. Um, and so, yeah, that's, you know, I, I would definitely say people reach out. Uh, I may be one of them soon, <laughs> uh, to reach out and find out more about, you know, what, you know, what our discussions would, where, where it would take us. And it's interesting about your aunt and, and how she pushed you along to, because I was wondering about the illustrations often, you know, people write books and, and I don't know how rare it is sometimes, you know, especially children's picture books and so forth. Sometimes they're also the uh, illustrator like Peter H. Reynolds and so forth. But um, often when you see educators who are, are doing or writing children's books, they're not usually the ones who are the illustrators, it seems. So, so that's what I was wondering about that. So that's, that's a great story. That's a, that's a bonus for this podcast. Uh, when I, you know, and when you think about illustrating children's books, it's funny because you have to put, when you publish, you have to put some in it in a genre, right? So you have to put it in juvenile fiction or whatever, but mm. it's not, you know, there's stories yeah. for all ages. And it's yes. so interesting yeah. because even the vocabulary that I use, you know, I use some, some rich vocabulary mm-hmm. that will stir some discussion among teachers or parents as they're reading aloud these books to their kids. But right. um, I draw the pictures and I illustrate to really share more of the story. And I think it brings the story yes. so much more personality. And especially when you know what you want it, 
to say, and you know what the message is you want to come across. So it's like, you want to, I trust myself. I, and I probably would trust somebody else to do that too. Mm-hmm. And other people have trusted me to do that for them. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you're the only person that really knows what exactly every every word and every picture looks like in your head. So. Yes. Yeah. And this, this project was so personal uh, as you described it, you know, about your sister that for, for her children, for your niece and nephew, that I'm sure you really wanted to make sure that the message was there. And I know when Noah Daniel talked about her discussions with her illustrator, you have to be really clear with the illustrator in order to make sure. So if it's something really personal, I imagine that that's even harder to do. So you started with Liv's Seashell, right? And, and then you, you have other books now, other children's books. So what was that journey like in terms of you wrote that that was sort of a personal project on your part, but what um, motivated you to continue writing and illustrating? Oh, my goodness. Passion. I'm telling you, it just Mm. it's almost like addicting. It's it's a form of therapy for me. Nice. Um, And it's much cheaper. So um, I do definitely if I (laughs) sit down and just start writing or just start start drawing pictures, it just uh, um, it takes me away to another place. Um, But I remember the second book I wrote um, was with Darren Peppard and he had written a adult version of Road to Awesome mm-hmm. um, for leadership and education. And um, I thought I read that book and I went, this is amazing. I'm like, but I wonder if kids need to hear this same story, um, you know, about the path that you're on and the journey that you take and don't let things, you know, the roadblocks and the obstacles are going to be there, but you know, here's how you can, you know, move yourself around and mm-hmm. navigate your own path to, to success or to, right. you know, where you see your desires and your passions going. So um, we did that together three months after I published Live Seashells. (laughs) Um, We did that. We wrote it together. I remember it was the middle of the night. I had woken up and wrote everything down and I emailed him the next day. I'm like, what do you think about, you know, joining together and doing this? And he's like, wow, that is the best idea I've ever heard. So Uh, nice. So it's been great for us. That was another connection, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and another sense of belonging. So and then I wrote one about, um, let's see, Road, uh, Road to Awesome was second. Look at You, Piper Lou was about our rescue dog. So that is a story of acceptance and mm-hmm. just persistence and knowing that you can have happiness and joy and finding a forever family, whether it's, you know, it is the story of a dog, but mm-hmm. talking about acceptance um, kind of right. exudes you know, through all kinds of different dimensions. So um, I think this last one is the one I'm most excited about. And that is with uh, Molly Schaefer and I got together and we are writing a, we actually are probably will have it out this week, but it's called uh, Destiny's Amazingly Different Dreams. And it is a story about a girl who um, basically had a journey um, as being different and very unique and quirky Mm -hmm. and neurodiverse 
And as so many of, of us, we are neurodiverse. All of us are neurodiverse. <laughs> we talk about, you know, neurotypical, but we're, none of us are neurotypical, really. Yeah. So um, that's very exciting. And it is, you know, it does have some components, some very personal components for Molly and myself mm-hmm. um, through our journeys with autism. And uh, so that'll be out this week. We're very excited about. So, you know, I mean, it just... The more you talk to people and the more people that reach out and we have these conversations Mm -hmm. and it's just, I think there are, there's just so much out there that we can encourage people and support each other and come along alongside each other, build each other up. Absolutely. Yes. And, and it's so nice, as you said, from the beginning, when you started with Twitter, how you've been able to find that community. And sometimes people are a bit intimidated about starting. I know I was a number of years ago and I did some uh, period of lurking myself, but it's, it's really interesting when you pull together the types of people, not necessarily like-minded, but have the same type of passion and care and acceptance as you that it really goes a long way in, in expanding um, how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about others and just, you know, just the knowledge that we get. And I know I've always said that it's really my lifeline, you know, being far away here in Kuwait, it's very difficult. Uh, sometimes it makes me feel FOMO, but, you know, that the fear of missing out is, uh, is worth the, you know, is sort of the maybe the downside, if you could call it a downside of just the fact that I want to, you know, be with all these people because they, they generate so much motivation for me and, and joy. So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's really, really awesome. And speaking of that, our relationship started and has grown online since we've not had the opportunity to meet in real life yet, as we've mentioned. And um, you mentioned uh, in your information that Belonging is remote relationship building with connections. And I'd love for you to talk more about that. Well, I think, you know, when I, and I, after I had thought I had said that, I thought, you know, there, I always like to give these little practical things to kind of follow up with, with that particular statement, because it is, you know, making these connections is so intentional Mm -hmm. and it's not, And I want to say even the ones that I've met face-to-face, it's exactly the same as our intentionality online. Um, The very first person that I came face-to-face with was was Darren Peppard and his wife. And they had traveled down here to Florida and my husband went went over um, and we met he and his wife and his daughter. And we just had, I mean, three hours of sitting out on the beach and just, you know, having a cocktail and just shooting the breeze and just talking like we had talked for the past couple mm-hmm. of years. You know? wow. So it's, they're real, they're real relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, what you see is what you get. And I think there's three things. I think we have to position um, and align ourselves um, to kind of want that, to right. not be so closed off or not be so I'm only going to find people who I'm alike or believe in the same things that I believe in Mm -hmm. um, because that only puts up walls and of course you know that's where I think we've just that's where I think the transparency and the vulnerability come through is when Mm -hmm. you do align yourself in position with 
with people that are so different. Um, And then I see once you get in that alignment, you start to, you know, redefine kind of Mm -hmm. who you are. You don't stay the same. I am not the same person today um, as I was two and a half years ago. I have totally evolved and transformed into a person that has more flexibility, more understanding, more empathy, Mm. more inclusivity. Um, So I think all of these things just start to build and create that, that belonging. And then lastly, I think you, this all allows you to enable yourself with empowerment. Mm -hmm. Never in a million years would I have thought I could be an author or an illustrator or a publisher or help others understand that their message is worthy and important. So that empowerment, I mean, that just continues, everything continues to build on each other. So we lay that foundation by just, you know, positioning and then we grow from there. So I just, it's just been an incredible journey and I, you know, the timing couldn't have been more perfect. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, we do have that fear of missing out, but then we also have the joy of missing out too. Um, I I have that happiness when I, I wasn't able to go to TCA in Texas, but I was able to see all the pictures and the posts and Mm -hmm. from everybody who got to meet there too. And it just gave me chills because I'm like, I know what that feels like (laughs) and I'm happy for you, you know? Mm Um, so yeah, I'm a little like I'm missing out, but I have joy because I know that, that I know how special that feels. So, oh, great. That's my new hashtag Jomo. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Cause it's true. It's not like I'm, I'm, uh, you know, it's not the Jomo jealous of missing out. It's the yes. really, truly the joy that others are having that opportunity, but that I'm able to be a part of it because we have the social media, because we have the internet and people are documenting because they're filled with joy as a result of having these meetups and opportunities. And so I love that. I love that Jillian so much. Yes. And it's really interesting because as you talked about feeling empowered, it's really feeling empowered because you're part of that greater community. And that's the way I felt. And it's so, it's so not just motivating. It is really the joy that comes from that, that you've made those connections. uh, We've made those connections. And, and here we are, the both of us sitting and chatting, you know, like, like we've known each other forever. And, and so many people have described that experience of meeting, meeting people in person and feeling that way. So when you talk about, you know, having that remote relationship, it sort of gives you the idea that it's remote in terms of, of distance, in terms of feeling, but it's not, it's just remote. It's probably better to call it virtual than remote, right? Right. Yeah. And and it also, I mean, I feel like I have, I'm closer to my, yes, my virtual friends, <laughs> um, you know, and I think I talk more to my virtual friends than I talk to, you know, other friends outside my own, mm-hmm. you know, face-to-face community only because, you know, I can do it from home. I don't right. have to go anywhere. I can wear my pajamas. <laughs> I can, yes. you know, not wear makeup <laughs> yes. and, you know, and you just, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to pretend to be somebody or not. So. Yes. Yeah, I love that. 
Oh, Jillian, this has been so special. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about you'd like to, to tell our listeners that I didn't ask you about or didn't have a chance to, to say? Well, you know, I forgot to mention that part of the, the things that I love to do with all of this is I love to um, do author reads with schools and mm-hmm. with students. And I just had the opportunity to do one on Friday with um, second grade classrooms in Virginia. Nice. And it just just to look at their faces. Like I love Mm -hmm. students and I'm passionate about empowering students as well to Mm -hmm. just bring out the best in themselves. And what I always tell them is because they're like, they always have questions. Why did you start writing? How did you get started? You know, what made you, you know, want to publish a book? And I always say, because you have a message, you have something inside of your heart that's important to you. Start Mm -hmm. writing about it. And I always make sure that I connect with them. And I say, look, I get stuck. You know, I, I get stuck when I sit down and I'm given something that I need to write about. And I go, all right, well, I can't do it. I I can't do it. And I have to stop. I have to reposition myself. I have to reframe my, my mind to go, okay, let me write about something, but let me write about something that's important to me. Maybe it's a vacation. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's somewhere special I want to go or somebody special in my life. So I try and encourage students. I'm like, I know your teachers want to you to be, you know, this and this, and they structure it and they teach you. But when it all comes down to it, you're writing about something that's important to you. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I say, and that's how you get started. So that's always one thing that's just really fun for me to do. I love yes. doing it. I love being able to share with kids and, you know, just there are younger generation and sometimes they don't, you know, they're still kind of stuck themselves mm-hmm. in, you know, school or remote learning and right. they need to have that outlet. So if I can empower them and encourage them to do that, um, that's another avenue to do that. That's so nice. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. And so if people would like to get in touch with you for all the different things you're doing, including read alouds of your stories, how can they get in touch with you? What, where are the best places to find you? So I am kind of all over the place, but you could find me most of the time. I am checking Twitter um, at Jill Dubois 22 all the time. And I also have www.impartedjoy.com or jillianduboice.com. That'll take you to the same place. But there Mm -hmm. are different ways you can connect, contact, fill out forms, schedule a session uh, just to talk about stories, any of those things. Um, I am just more than welcome to or more than happy to welcome you in and uh and get the conversation started. So. Yes. Yay. I'm so excited for having this opportunity and uh, hopefully we will connect about that sometime soon because uh, thinking about writing a, a children's book, but uh, it, it hasn't framed itself yet, but that's for another time. Thanks so yeah. much, Jillian. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. your being on today and I've, I've, I've learned so much from you and, um, and it really was a joyful uh, time with you that and and that's underlined thank oh, you thank you Eileen that means a lot thank you for listening to today's episode if you're inspired by what you heard 
be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about belonging, check my website, Journeys to Belonging, that's Journeys number two belonging, dot webstarts.com. See you next week.